Chapter Twenty Two of The Mentor Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kate Fallis. The Mentor Two by Various. The Wife in Art by Gustav Kobe. The Mentor, number twenty eight. The Wife in Art by Gustav Kobe. It may be that he who rides alone rides fastest, and that the man, encumbered with wife and family, feels his pace slacken, and the goal is far away as ever. Andrea del Sarto, in the closing lines of Browning's poem, utters the same thought. He is addressing his wife, Lucretia Fady, whose extravagant and wayward tastes, many think, ruined his career and prevented his ranking with Leonardo, Raphael, and Angelo. In heaven, perhaps, new chances, one more chance, four great walls in the new Jerusalem, meted on each side by the angel's reed, for Leonard, Raphael, Angelo, and me, to cover the three first without a wife, while I have mine, so still they overcome, because there's still Lucretia, as I choose." and so in that supreme painting contest with his three rivals he is still distanced because there's still lucretia but note that he adds as i choose he had rather fail with her than triumph without her indeed my point in mentioning andrea and lucretia is to assert that he rode faster for not riding alone that he was not the equal of the three artists he aspired to rival and that if it is sometimes thought he might have rivalled them this is due to the works he painted under the inspiration of his love for lucretia she kept him in a constant state of impecuniosity and jealousy but it was as i choose and well it might have been his art seemed to rise to a higher plane from the moment her dark imperious beauty a new note in religious painting looks out at us from works like the madonna of the harpies and the youthful saint john for from her face he painted the faces not only of women but also of boys and youths and always it is her beauty that dominates the picture influence of the wife if she in character the worst kind of wife a man can have so inspired her husband how rare and exquisite must have been the influence of lucretia booty over fra filippo lippi of helena ferment over rubens of maria ruthven over van dyck of saskia over rembrandt of elizabeth siddle over rossetti for these women were devoted to their artist husbands and were in turn adored by them doubtful indeed if any of these men would have subscribed to the doctrine that he rides fastest who rides alone lucretia booty who was the wife of fra filippo lippi must not be confused with the lucretia fady whom andrea married moreover the circumstances under which fra filippo wooed and won his lucretia were far more romantic 
he was a man whose great talent manifested itself early in life and although he had been put in a monastery because his relatives were too poor to educate him his evident genius for art earned him many liberties in fact he was decidedly gay and the hero of numerous escapades the most famous of which has been immortalized by browning who found in the two italian artists andrea and lippo subjects for two of his finest poems the adventure of which browning writes occurred upon the triumphant return to florence of cosimo de medici and his patronage of fra filippo cosimo cosimo frequently annoyed by the friar's loose habits and despairing of his ever finishing an important picture that he had commissioned him to paint caused him to be locked up in a room of the medici palace fra filippo stood this for a few days then one night wearying of his confinement he escaped the friar's own pleading in browning's poem tells the story i could not paint all night oh i leaned out of window for fresh air there came a hurry of feet and little feet a sweep of lute strings laughs and whiffs of song round they went scarce had they turned the corner with a titter like the skipping of rabbits by moonlight three slim shapes and a face that looked up zook sir flesh and blood that's all i'm made of into shreds it went curtain and counterpane and coverlet all the bed furniture a dozen knots there was a ladder down i let myself hands and feet scrambling somehow and so dropped and after them notwithstanding his conduct so out of keeping with his cloth he was appointed chaplain to the nuns of the convent of santa margarita in prato and commissioned by the abbess to paint a picture of the madonna for the altar of the convent church it chanced that there was in the nunnery a novice to whom convent life was just as ill-suited as monastic life would have been to fra filippo had he been obliged to abide by its tenets filippo and lucretia budi the name of the novice was lucretia budi and struck by the grace and beauty of this young woman the artist begged that she might be allowed to pose for him for the picture and the request was granted it may indeed have been diplomacy on the part of the abbess for it was not unlikely that lucretia who had no vocation whatsoever for conventual life had proved herself refractory and that the convent authorities saw a chance of getting rid of her which they could not do by returning her to her family because she had been consigned to them against her will by a step-brother anxious to get rid of her care and expense in any event the friar lippi fell in love with her and she with him profiting by the crowd and confusion attendant on the festival of the madonna of the girdle which is celebrated in prado on the first of may fra filippo carried off lucretia appealed to his patron cosimo de medici and through the latter's intercession received from the pope pius the second a special brief absolving both himself 
and the novice from their ecclesiastical vows and granting them dispensation to marry he and lucretia had two children their son filippino lippi more than rivalling his father's fame as a painter the madonna that fra filippo painted for the convent may still be seen in prato and there are other pictures in which lucretia's lovely face is discernible the two wives of rubens rubens was so happy with his first wife isabella brandt who died after eighteen years of blissful married life with him that he could not endure the loneliness of being a widower but four years after isabella's death took as his second wife helena ferment this marriage proved to be as happy as the first although he was already fifty-three and she barely sixteen their union was blessed with five handsome children so that his declining years found him surrounded by youth and beauty and with a splendid young wife as comrade during the eighteen years of his first marriage isabella appeared in nearly all his large pictures she was of a more refined type than helena so that with his second marriage when he began to introduce his second wife into his pictures his style becomes broader and more vigorous for helena had a strong fully developed figure of pronounced contour rosy flesh tints golden hair and lips that seemed always partly open to show the flash of pure white teeth these were her attractions she was obviously more beautiful more brilliant than isabella although in her youth her development was somewhat too luxuriant a picture of healthy bursting buoyant young womanhood indeed so proud does reuben seem of having at his age won a woman of her pronounced and youthful charms that in some of his pictures he expresses them too freely as for example in the helena in a fur police in the imperial gallery vienna that rubens drew a vast amount of inspiration from his two wives isabella and helena is obvious to any one familiar with his work for they appear in picture after picture from his brush his married life first with isabella and then with helena was a constant stimulus to his best work rembrandt too was married twice and although his first wife was refined and aristocratic and his second far from it having been a servant in his household he was intensely happy with both and painted them many times saskia van uhlenberg although not strictly speaking a beauty from the casual point of view lent herself admirably nevertheless to pictorial treatment especially that pictorial treatment of lights and deep shadows of which her husband was the greatest master that ever lived indeed the pictures in which she appears are almost too numerous to mention there is the delightful portrait of her in the gallery at castle said to have been painted in her own home in sixteen thirty three the year before she and rembrandt were married her face and profile the features delicately delineated is shown against a background of deep rich colours with the lightest touch her wavy chestnut hair lies upon her cheek and forehead a spray of rosemary in her hand rests across her heart this the emblem of a dutch maiden's betrothal tells its own story 
probably however the most famous portrait ever painted of an artist and his wife is that by rembrandt in the dresden gallery of saskia seated on his knees while he clasps her waist with his left hand and raises in his right a half-filled glass the joy on their faces gives witness to the pride and pleasure they found in each other saskia was a wealthy woman and while she lived want never entered rembrandt's house but alas she was delicate and died in sixteen forty two less than a year after giving birth to the son who was christened titus rembrandt had spent much money in filling his house with objects of art prints rich stuff for costumes and other things and not long after saskia's death he found himself impoverished some idea of the richness of his collections is obtained from the adornments with which saskia appears in the picture known as the jewish bride and in the genre portrait minerva in which she is shown as a learned lady in the richest of costumes seated at a beautiful table and reading from an ancient tome rembrandt ranks with the greatest masters in art he rides fastest who rides alone is it possible that rembrandt could have ridden faster or reached a farther goal without saskia and hendrikia van dyck's portrait of maria ruthven van dyck the favourite pupil of rubens so much so that when some romping pupils in rubens absence brushed against a partly finished picture and marred it he was asked to retouch it in order that the master might not notice the defect also was a favourite in the world of women and much influenced by them even in youth a love adventure is said to have sent him from rubens atelier to italy in england when no one is more closely identified than he with the period of charles i de schoenen ladies as a german writer on van dyck expresses it fairly fought for the honour of being painted by him if his works lack the vital vigour and joyous abandon of the typical flemish masters it must be remembered that his italian sojourn passed largely in court circles greatly refined his style and that he the painter of aristocrats is also an aristocrat among painters his output for his short life fifteen ninety nine to sixteen forty one was great and of the fifteen hundred works catalogued as his three hundred are portraits of women walpole speaks of their beautiful hands but van dyck had special models for the hands for those of both the men and the women the elegance and refinement of his work is however undoubted and though he lacks the power of a rembrandt and the tremendous verve of a rubens much of his work within the limitations imposed by elegance is executed in the large manner it is said that his ability to accomplish so much was due to the fact that he never allowed a sitter to weary him obviating this by dismissing them at the end of an hour at the time appointed for the sitting the artist appeared in his studio at the end of the hour he rose made his obeisance and appointed the hour for the next sitting a servant cleaned the brushes and reloaded the palette 
while the artist received and entertained the next sitter he had many love affairs in england and especially one with margaret lemon who threatened when his love began to cool to cut off his hand the world is the richer by a beautiful portrait for this love affair and fortunately instead of cutting off his hand or even attempting to margaret went to holland with friends van dyck's gay life however seriously alarmed the king who being genuinely attached to him and also admiring his art feared for his health accordingly his majesty chose for him a wife a beautiful young woman maria ruthven daughter of lord ruthven van dyck painted her several times and one of his best-known portraits is that of her with her violoncello which is in the old pinakothek munich his married life seems to have been happy though brief he died within two years of his nuptials leaving us the portraits of maria as souvenirs of his happiness rossetti's blessed damoiselle dante gabriel rossetti who was poet as well as painter buried the manuscript of his poems although they had been announced for publication in the coffin of his wife who died in february eighteen sixty two not until october eighteen sixty nine was the manuscript resurrected and the publication of his poems made possible it is doubtful if poet or painter has ever paid a greater tribute than rossetti thus paid to elizabeth siddle rossetti was introduced to elizabeth by a brother artist who had discovered her in a milliner's shop in london she consented to pose for rossetti his brother in some charming reminiscences of her writes that to fall in love with elizabeth siddle was a very easy performance and that dante gabriel did it at an early date the name elizabeth however was never on dante's lips but rather lizzie or liz and fully as often guggums guggum or gug mrs hewfer the younger daughter of ford maddox brown says that when she was a small child she saw rossetti at his easel in her father's house uttering momentarily in the absence of the beloved one guggum guggum after a while guggum became a settled institution in rossetti's studio and other people his brother included understood they were not wanted there dante was constantly drawing from guggum and she designing under his tuition he was unconventional and she if not so originally became so in the course of her companionship with him in her appearance as in her character she was a remarkable young woman the beauty of elizabeth siddle the artist's brother writes of her that she was truly a beautiful girl tall with a stately throat and fine carriage pink and white complexion and massive straight coppery golden hair her heavy-lidded eyes were large and greenish-blue but as this narrator says it is not necessary to speak much about her appearance as the designs of dante rossetti speak for it better than i could her whole manner in spite of her great beauty was reserved self-controlling and alien from approach 
rossetti's brother says that her talk was in his experience scanty slight and scattered with some amusing turns and little to seize hold upon little clue to her real self or anything determinate but alas the beautiful elizabeth was a sufferer from consumption accompanied by neuralgia for the neuralgia frequent doses of laudanum had been prescribed her condition was such toward the end that sometimes she was obliged to take one hundred drops at a time on february tenth eighteen sixty six she dined at a hotel in london with her husband and swinburne she and rossetti returned to their home about eight o'clock she was about to go to bed at nine when dante gabriel went out again when he came back at half-past eleven the room was in darkness he called to his wife but received no reply he found her in bed unconscious on the table was a vial it had contained laudanum it was empty he paid her the tribute of burying his poems with her he had already paid her the great tribute of painting her and that often those large greenish-blue eyes of hers were his guiding stars let him who will say that he rides fastest who rides alone there are six great artists and many more to say him nay the wife in art andrea del sarto and lucretia fadi one the faultless painter though his paintings seem faultless led a life that was by no means free from mistakes all went well with him up to the age of twenty he was born near florence in fourteen eighty six and when but a seven-year-old goldsmith's apprentice began to show such skill that he was soon afterward sent to piero de cosimo one of the best artists in florence he was only twenty years old when he painted the seven frescoes in the annunziata from the life of st philip andrea was the son of angelo the tailor his name andrea del sarto means the tailor's andrew and was not his real name at all which was andreo d'angelo di francesco sometimes he called himself andrea del sarto sometimes andrea d'angelo and again andrea d'angelo del sarto andrea made his first great mistake by marrying the widow of a hat-maker lucretia fadi's cold face was indeed the glory of his pictures where she is nearly always to be seen in the robes of virgin saint or angel as his model she was all that could be desired yet when he married her the faultless painter lost many of his best friends and pupils and worst of all the ideals of art blinded by her beauty he could not see the failings that were plain to every one else all his life andrea worked hard to support her and her sisters in their extravagances yet he went on painting faultlessly his fame spread so far that king francis i invited him to france and gave him important commissions there but lucretia persuaded him to return to italy 
he was granted a month in which to return and bring his wife to france francis also entrusted him with money to buy italian works of art for the royal palace a month passed andrea did not return but purchased a plot of ground in florence with the king's money and on it built a house for lucretia king francis never received his paintings and the faultless painter had thrown away a chance of achieving supreme greatness in fifteen thirty one andrea del sarto died of the plague as he lay on his deathbed lucretia fled from the house for fear of infection yet he left her all his property and so far as known never ceased to believe in her lucretia lived forty years after the death of her husband a former pupil of andrea's was at work one day copying frescoes when a withered old woman came into the hall she asked him who had painted the fresco he replied andrea del sarto i was the original of that angel she said i was lucretia fadi the wife of andrea del sarto even to the last she was proud of the husband whom she had deserted on his deathbed and whose genius she alone had dwarfed fra lippo lippi and lucretia Budi, two the painter of divine beauties filippo lippi or as he is often called fra lippo lippi was not himself a handsome man he had rather a full face large features and thick lips laziness and love were always interfering with his work as a result of extravagance he was usually in debt and not always careful to get out honestly yet the people of his time were kind-hearted enough to overlook boyish faults in an artist who brought so much renown to their country filippo was born into a florentine butcher's family about fourteen hundred two and his father died soon afterward he seems to have had little care from his mother who may however have died during his infancy an aunt took care of him but finding the boy too great a burden for her slender means turned him over to be educated by the carmelite friars the abbot was lenient for he had the wisdom to see that a boy who drew pictures all over the walls and on his books when he should have been studying would probably become an artist artists were highly thought of in those days when the church taught by means of pictures filippo therefore never learned to write good latin he studied the frescoes of the chapel instead later when he had finished his studies and gained a name for himself among painters the abbot granted him permission to leave the monastery in order to give his genius full scope monks who had learned to paint were often allowed this privilege so fra filippo became a great painter when he went to prado and saw lucretia Budi, he was already nearly fifty years old while she was hardly more than twenty she also was an orphan her father who had been a silk merchant in florence left his daughters in the care of antonio Budi, 
evidently a harsh guardian for he put lucretia and spinetta both beautiful girls into the convent of santa margarita against their will in order to save himself some expense filippo saw her used her as a model and later married her by permission of the pope the virgins and saints of his paintings had a new spiritual radiance after he saw lucretia's face he used her for all manner of subjects from the virgin to the dancing daughter of herodias changing her features to suit as many different characters peter paul rubens and helena ferment three the extraordinary beauty of helena ferment won for her the love of a world-famous painter when she was only sixteen years old peter paul rubens married this girl and immortalized her charms on many a precious canvas it was a most fortunate match helena was not only beautiful she had also every attraction of nature and education and belonged to a wealthy family rubens was a widower and one of the most celebrated painters in europe more than that he was a distinguished and successful statesman fortunate throughout his life brilliant handsome and of good family rubens was never in doubt of his future his talent for painting showed itself in boyhood at the age of twenty-three he went to italy where he soon attracted the notice of the duke of mantua partly as art expert partly as diplomat he went in the duke's service to all the important cities of italy he spent eight years in that country sometimes painting for his patron but more often travelling on political missions recalled to antwerp by the serious illness of his mother in sixteen o eight rubens arrived too late to see her again alive and no doubt feeling the strength of home ties resigned from the service of the duke immediately high positions and great honours awaited him in his native city his fame grew year by year isabella brant became his wife in sixteen hundred eight she is described as a rather heavy flemish woman and her face and figure appear frequently in rubens work of that period after her death and before his second marriage he was called upon to arrange terms of peace between england and spain it was the most important event of his life in spain he met velasquez and earned the friendship of king philip he was honoured in england by charles i who presented him with a string of valuable diamonds in appreciation of his services the painter also strengthened a friendship already established with the duke of buckingham after the successes abroad rubens retired to a home in the country devoting himself more than ever to the work of painting an alchemist went to him one day claiming to have discovered the philosopher's stone which turned everything it touched into gold but objected rubens i have discovered it myself the philosopher's stone exclaimed his visitor yes and you shall see it answered the painter leading the astonished guest into his studio 
rubens showed his palette helena ferment was still young when rubens died she did not remain long in widowhood but married the count of burgake with whom so far as is known she lived in peace and happiness rembrandt and saskia van uhlenburg four rembrandt van Rijn and saskia van uhlenburg were married in sixteen thirty four saskia the daughter of a rather wealthy burgomaster who had died some years before had been living with one after another of her sisters for they were all married except herself once when she was in amsterdam a relative who was posing for a portrait took her to rembrandt's studio where she met the sullen hollander and saw him at his work he must have been an odd figure in those days awkward and shy doing everything in his own queer way saskia returned again and again making a deep impression on the artist she posed for him several times once she was a queen another time she was a flower girl rembrandt centred his whole thought and energy upon her and as he had just passed the first breathing spell of success they were soon able to marry saskia thought only of her husband's happiness he in turn was so deeply in love with her that he spent most of his leisure hours painting her portrait and much of his money buying jewels and gold ornaments and rich dresses of every description to adorn her up to the time of his marriage rembrandt had been stubborn and morose not caring for society nor for ordinary pleasures he was born on the outskirts of leyden in sixteen hundred seven his father a miller was hardly able to give the boy that education which is usually needed to become skilful in art however rembrandt did study under van swanenberch who taught him to draw paint and make etchings he set up a studio in the mill where he painted portrait after portrait of his mother his sister and himself the artist liked better than anything to paint a well-known face over and over again by new lights and with new expressions after his first success lesson in anatomy rembrandt moved his studio to an old warehouse in amsterdam his work became popular the people of holland fairly begged for sittings and soon he was foremost among painters yet he paid little attention to any one but saskia and his stubbornness offended patrons and made enemies of those who should have been his friends for nine years rembrandt lived in happiness then came misfortune extravagance carried him into debt his children died and soon after his beloved saskia followed them his enemies barred his pictures from exhibitions at last all his property was sold to satisfy creditors his paintings went out of fashion their owners even used the frames again by covering up rembrandt's canvases of incalculable value with the work of some other artist whose pictures were in vogue at the time a law in holland now forbids the removal of a rembrandt from that country 
his countrymen feel that no honor is too high to bestow on the memory of that unfortunate artist who in sixteen sixty nine died unrecognized and was buried by charity anthony van dyke and maria ruthven five anthony van dyke's marriage might be called one of convenience he married maria ruthven because king charles i of england wishing him to settle down decided on a wife for him the courtly painter was a spendthrift he loved company and entertainment was handsome refined well-dressed and all things considered a thorough gentleman he attracted to his society the greatest of english nobility gossip had him in love with so many of the court ladies that the king fearing his portrait painter would get into serious difficulties determined once for all to save him by a marriage with a scottish beauty in the queen's retinue van dyck offered no objection the lady maria ruthven was young and very beautiful although she brought no dowry except that given by royal generosity she was considered a very good match for the artist who came of burgher stock maria's family was related to the stuarts but had been for a long time in disgrace van dyck's only claim to distinction was his art his father a well-to-do merchant in antwerp where van dyck was born in fifteen ninety nine gave anthony every opportunity to follow up the art of painting the boy was for several years a pupil of rubens whom he made a little jealous by his success in portrait painting some of his pictures were better than rubens a few years in italy gave van dyck a still higher position among artists some said he was the best portrait painter in europe yet in spite of his skill van dyck was disliked by most painters they lounged around the taverns in ragged clothes put on boorish manners and made fun of any kind of refinement to this behaviour he was entirely opposed they called him the cavalier painter because he saw only the noble side of life and ignored what was low or common one could hardly have been found who was better fitted by nature to live and paint among the light-hearted courtiers of charles i he welcomed an offer from england and left antwerp to make his home thereafter on foreign soil when he married maria ruthven van dyck was forty years old he painted some portraits of her but not many for his death was near at hand a journey to paris in the hope of receiving important commissions there failed in its object and brought on a severe attack of the disease from which he had been suffering for years the painter returned to england king charles offered his physician three hundred pounds if he could save van dyck's life but to no purpose he died the second year after his marriage one of the greatest portrait painters that ever lived to his wife he left a considerable fortune which he had managed to save in spite of an extravagant life maria afterward married sir richard price a welsh baronet rossetti and elizabeth siddle six one day when rossetti was painting in his studio deverell a fellow-artist 
rushed in and exclaimed he had found the ideal woman she was working in a milliner's shop he said but she was a wonderful girl of stately dignity with blue-green eyes and coppery tinted hair this girl was elizabeth siddle and from that time on she was the model for rossetti's mystical dreams in colour she later became his wife dante gabriel rossetti was born in england in eighteen twenty eight the son of an italian refugee his parents lived simply almost in poverty but with refinement suited to the fostering of art and poetry in their children the mother believed that one good picture on a plain wall was more beautiful than many worthless decorations rossetti used this simplicity in his paintings he and a number of other artists formed the pre-raphaelite brotherhood this was an organization that took a love of simplicity as its motto and believed in using simplicity in everything besides being an artist of great genius rossetti was a poet he and his sister christina were the leaders in the pre-raphaelite movement in poetry before he was nineteen he wrote the blessed damoiselle a poem that expressed his ideal in womanhood elizabeth siddle proved to be his ideal woman ruskin spoke of her as a noble glorious creature later the artist painted a picture to go with the poem and his model was elizabeth siddle when rossetti first asked her to pose for him the ideal beauty thought that he wanted her for fashion plates she little thought that she was to be made the object of a great artist's life-work her death plunged rossetti into lifelong misery almost insanity up to the moment of his own death in eighteen eighty two he never ceased to grieve for her her eyes were deeper than the depth of waters stilled at even. End of chapter 22